Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started, everyone. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a couple others join us a couple minutes late. Thank you, everyone, for dialing in today. I'd like to welcome you to the U.S. Army Bloggers Roundtable for Tuesday, August 28, 2012. My name is Brittany Brown from the Office of the Chief of Public Affairs, and I'll be moderating today's call. As a quick note to our callers on the line, please remember to mute your phone if you're not asking a question. Out of the respect for our guest's time, please keep your questions succinct and to the point. Our guest today is two-time Olympic gold medal winner, U.S. Army Sergeant Vincent Hancock of the Army Marksmanship Unit. Soldiers from the unit have proudly represented the nation during every Summer Olympic Games that the United States has participated in since 1960. Sergeant Hancock is on hand to talk about his training for the Olympic team trials, his performance at the London 2012 Games, and his future plans. At this time, I'm going to hand it over to Sergeant Hancock for a brief opening statement. Uh, thank you guys very much for having me. It's uh, it's It's been a real honor to be able to represent my country over the last five years, and uh, I'm very excited to, to hear you guys' questions, so I'll open up the floor. Okay, great. Thanks for your opening statement, Sergeant Hancock. Uh, at this time, I'd like to begin to field questions from those of you on the line, so we'll start with Mr. Todd Lopez of the Army News Service. Do you have a question for Sergeant Hancock? Sergeant Hancock, Todd Lopez, Army News Service. I wonder what you're going to do now after the Olympics, and uh, you know, is there are you going to continue on in the Army, or is are you going to be done with the Army, and uh, what now? Uh, my 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 plans for the future are to start a shooting academy with my father. It's it's been started over the past couple months. He's been pretty much the head figure of it. It's called the Hancock Shooting Academy. And I'm actually going to be getting out of the military at the end of this year, December 31st. I'll have about six, six and a half years in uh, the military when I entered between my junior and senior year of high school. And uh, it, it's been a great experience. And the military has led me in a direction that I don't think I could have gotten anywhere else. They've uh, the, the marksmanship family, marksmanship unit family that, that I've come to know over the past six years has just been an amazing, amazing company to be in. I mean, they've, they've pushed me further than I know that I could have gone. And they've helped mold me into the man that I am today. But as far as the future, my, my plans are to go back to school, finish off my college. I have two years left. Uh, I'm going to try to go attend UGA, University of Georgia, back near my hometown. And, again, just continue to compete and take over the Hancock Shooting Academy. Mr. Lopez, do you have any follow-up questions? Uh, not right this second. Okay, great. Uh, we'll move on to Chuck Simmons. Uh, Chuck, do you have a question for Sergeant Hancock? Uh, yes, I I do. Um, I wanted to ask. Um, obviously, when you joined the army, you were uh, an expert in the use of a, of a shotgun. Uh, how are you on? How did you test with uh, the other uh, the other weapons that? Um, that the Army trains you on, like um, the, the rifle and the and the pistol and, and like that? Uh, when I first came through basic training, uh, I, I qualified well with, with my regular M16. And um, whenever I got here to the Army Marksmanship Unit, I started going through some of our training programs that we have and that we train people here as a unit. Um, like our SDM program, our squad doesn't need a marksman. We teach people how to shoot out to 600 yards or 600 meters instead of the basic 300 meters that you learn in basic training. Um, so I, I learned how to shoot with those. I shot with some of the service rifle guys. They taught me uh, you know, the proper hold, the proper technique to shoot, 
and my scores scores went up greatly. That that's the luxury of being able to be here at the marksmanship unit is learning the this not really the secrets, but the fundamentals that these guys use. Because I'm an expert with the shotgun. I know my way around shotguns better than pretty much anybody else in the world. But when it comes to rifle and pistols, these guys are experts in their own fields, just like I am in mine. So I try to listen to them, take their advice to the best of my ability, and apply it. So I learned from the service rifle guys on the SDM side. And then in our CQM, our close quarter marksmanship, our service pistol guys and our action shooting guys are the ones that take the lead on that for the most for the most part. And listening to their advice, uh, I, I was never much of a pistol shooter before I came in, but I've, I've greatly, greatly improved with the pistol over the past three or four years now just by going out and shooting with them and, and practicing with them. Okay. Thank you, Sergeant Hancock. Uh, Chuck, do you have a follow-up question? Yeah. Um, is there physical training uh, that that you do to to um, keep you prepared for your sport, or uh, or to make you better at your sport? Uh, is there any type of actual physical training that you do? Yeah, I I try to to focus on keeping my my cardio uh, at a steady rate. Being able to just go out, run a few miles doesn't necessarily have to be at a fast rate, but just to uh, to keep me in shape for when I go out to the competitions because when we're in competitions, we're competing all day for two days, and it, it's men very mentally fatiguing as well as physically fatiguing. So you try to go out there and, and you know, run a few miles every other day or something like that. It, it keeps you up, keeps your body kind of in, in rhythm with your, with your training regimen on the range. And then also we do a, a little bit of lifting, but it's mainly just to be able to stabilize your core. We do a lot of back exercises and a lot of core exercises and a lot of leg exercises just to make sure we have a stable platform to shoot off of and our core and our back is the most important important parts of the shooting aspect because that's what keeps you stable. That's what keeps your your, your hands and your shoulders and your arms all in rhythm with your legs is, is your core and your back. Is there such a thing as a sport injury in your sport? Uh, absolutely. I, I've been suffering from from, a, from an injury over the last three years or so uh, with my shoulder. Now, a lot of the shooters have problems with their shoulders or with their backs. The shoulder that the shotgun goes against? No, sir. It's actually my opposite shoulder. I'm a oh. right-handed shoulder or shooter, so my right shoulder is the one that takes the brunt force of everything, but my left shoulder is the one that's kind of hinged more, and right now I have an impingement in that shoulder that's uh, basically the nerve is getting pinched off inside the shoulder and also in my neck because our shoulders are are kind of um, lifted to get our get ourselves prepared for the proper mount, and that's that's kind of the problem that a lot of shooters face. I know uh, most of the guys that are retired from the shooting that have done it for 30 plus years pretty much all have the same problem that I'm going through now. Okay, thank you, sir. Okay, that was a great question. Uh, I have a question for you, Sergeant Hancock. Um, if possible, can you talk a little bit about uh, some of the lessons learned from the 2008 Olympic Games um, that you think help you with your performance in the 2012 Games? What were some of those lessons learned for you? Uh, coming off of Beijing, there was a lot of things that I, that I noticed that I took hold of and that I was trying to remember for this match. Um, Basically, going out in front of in in front of ten thousand people—that's that's a big step, and uh, excuse me, something that you really only experience at the Olympics in our sport. And we'll have we can have up to two or three thousand people at a World Cup or World Championships watching us, but typically 
10,000 people, that's a lot more for us. Um, being able to come off of, off of Beijing, having missed a target in the final, and being one target ahead like I was in this match going into the final, I allowed it to get to me a little. I thought about people that were behind me when I was shooting in Beijing in the final. And I didn't want that to happen this time because I missed a target and I had to go into a sudden death shoot-off in Beijing. So I, I knew I didn't want to get back into that position again. I wanted to take my one-target lead in London, and I wanted to build on it, not try to protect it. So going out there with the just a very tenacious thought process of going out there wanting to win it so bad, knowing that I've worked harder than anybody else, and not letting any of the any of the people that behind me affect me or the people that were trying to run me down as, as far as competitors try to get to me. So I just focused on going out there, running my routine, and trying to do the same thing over and over again that I had done for five rounds prior to that round. And I was able to come through, shoot a 25, the only one in the match final, and that's uh, that was one of my biggest things that I was able to take away from Beijing that helped me in London. Okay, great. And and with your shooting academy and with your plans to uh, go back to school, do you think you will have time in your schedule to uh, take some of the lessons learned from 2012 and to compete in the 2016 games? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's my next goal is to already start training within the next couple months to get prepared for the 2016 games. And in my sport, we have a pretty um, pretty long longevity of being able to compete. So I want to, 2016 is definitely in my sights. I love the range at Rio. I won the Pan American Games there in 2007. So looking forward to getting there and um, representing my country yet, yet again. And I'll, though I won't be in a, in a military uniform, it's definitely, I'll definitely make sure that everybody knows that it, it's because of the military that I'm in the spot that I am now. Great, great. Uh, so back to you, Todd. Do you have any uh, additional questions for Sergeant Hancock? Yeah, I just wonder um, what other what types of training will happen at the Hancock Shooting Academy. Who who's going to show up? What types of lessons are they going to learn? You know, do you have, do you have any ideas about what that'll look like when it happens? Yeah, we um, we start from beginner and go all the way up, and we've had people come to us for lessons that have never even touched a shotgun before, and this is their first time. So, it's the my goal for the Shooting Academy is to not just take the, the, the elite of the elite and help them get better is to help grow the sport. That's, that's the stage that I am my, I'm in in my career right now. And I'm not about winning as many medals as possible it's, or making as much money as I possibly can. It's about really growing my legacy. And in that, I mean, be able to pass on the knowledge that I've learned over the last 13 years to people all around the nation and all around the world. I want to do everything I can for the sport that's given me so much. And shooting has changed my life so dramatically that I, I can't compare it to anything else in my life. I mean, school was a big part, but being a part of this, of the national, of the U.S. national team and uh, the international ski community, I've, I've got my, my wife from that. She was a shooter uh, before we, before we met and it, it's given me so much that I want to be able to give back. So I'm, we're planning on helping SETP groups, which is Scholastic Clay Target Program. It's a youth, or a youth organization for shooting from uh, the ages of about 11 or 10 on up to through college. And there's so many avenues now for kids to be able to get into the shooting sports that I want to try to make them well aware of that opportunity. It's one of the safest sports in the world to go out and compete in, and it's it's one of the best team environments as well. So if, if I don't ever win another gold medal, 
but I can influence thousands of kids to help push them in the right direction, then I will definitely be a happy person. I know that you, uh, you, you're probably a, you, you're a good shooter. I guess before you you joined the army, um, and you're a good shooter. You're a great shooter now. The world's best now. Uh, how much of the army uh, is responsible, or how much uh, uh, how much is the army responsible for that? Uh, before I joined the military, I was already a world champion at 16 in the men's division. I was the youngest one ever to do it, and I had my sights set on the 2008 Olympic gold. Um, do I think I could have won the gold medal without the Army? I, I do. But at the same time, the military has given me a completely different outlook on life and the determination that they've instilled in me and the ability to grasp hold of opportunities is unlike any other. I mean, they give you it's, – it's, it's really all down to the determination and the will to succeed. That's what the military instills in their soldiers. And going over the, these last four years, it's been, it's been an up and down. And I haven't had anybody to train with for the last four years now after the 2008 Olympics. And that's been tough on me because I'm used to training with, with several people. And last year, it kind of all hit bottom for me. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't happy with the position that I was in. I wasn't shooting well. I had some of the worst competitions of my entire shooting career. But I was able to – my wife saw that. She, she said, look, if you're not going to – enjoy yourself, then I want you to find something else. And the that's part, one part of the military side, side came about on me. We, we have to take orders, <laughs> but we have to make decisions for ourselves as well. And we talked about it. We prayed about it a lot. And it came to be that this is my passion. This is what I love to do. And I made the decision that I'm going to put everything I have towards getting back on top and be able to go back and compete at a higher level than I was. So... I basically just took the, the opportunity that God gave me over the last, uh, over my my for my life, and used it to try to get back on on top at Beijing or in uh, in London, and I said a prayer before every shot when I was out there on the range in London, and it definitely came through for me. Thanks, Chuck. Do you have any follow up questions I for do. Sergeant Hancock? Okay, I do, Sergeant. Um, two. Diverse questions. First of all, uh, can you explain to a layperson the difference between skeet and trap? And second of all, would you talk about the weapon you use? Um, describe it for me. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'll start with the with the firearm that I use. I, I shoot a Beretta DT-10. It's the same gun that I've been competing with since December of 2003. I, I've won pretty much every I have won every match that I've ever won in my entire career with this gun. And um, it's it's been a, a, a great gun. Uh, Beretta has treated me well over the last eight years or, or nine years of of my shooting career, and um, it's uh, that one's going to get retired after this year. I think it, it's it's definitely deserved that. Is it a one that that I could walk into a deck sporting goods and order, or is it yep. modified? Uh, you can uh, it, you can actually order my gun that I won uh, that I won all these with. Straight off the straight off the showroom shelf. There's no modification to it at all, then. The only modification that I made was last year. I put a custom stock on. Ah. It's a custom molded grip from uh, out of Germany that I put on the gun. But before that, every match before that, I had it was a completely standard gun. You could walk right off the right out of the bring it right off the shelf and pull it out of the box, and that's the gun that I was shooting. Okay. And, and then the difference between skeet and trap? Yeah. Uh, the difference between skeet and trap, 
International trap is shot out of a bunker that is flush with the ground, and the stations are 15 meters behind that bunker. Uh, there's 15 machines in that bunker, and there's three machines per each station. The targets are randomized, so you're going to get two rights, two lefts, and one straightaway from each station. But you don't know what order they're going to come in. You don't know the sequence that it's going to be anything. Um, and those targets are going away from you. Now, in Skeet, you have a high house and a low house, and you have eight stations. The sequence is different for every station. And in Trap, you have to you get to start with an up gun, so meaning you have the shoulder or you have the gun shouldered in your in your pocket in your shoulder, and you have your head down on the gun. You can call for the target and just move straight to it. In Skeet, we have to start with a down gun. So our butt of our gun or the stock where our hand goes has to be touching a line that's on our vest that is the equivalent of basically where your belly button's at. And whenever we call for the target, it doesn't instantly come out like like trap. We have a zero to three second delay. So when I say pull to call for the targets, it can come out instantly or anywhere between three seconds. It's computer generated, so we never know what time it's going to come out. Um, and we also, again, with that having the down gun, when the target comes out, we have to mount to it to be able to break the target. We have roughly three-quarters of a second, between a half a second and three-quarters of a second to mount to the first target and break the first target, and then about a half of a second again to transition to the second target. It's a very, very fast game, and we have one, one shot for every target, and in trap you have two shots for every one target. Okay, and so from your description, I, I think then I, I kind of understand that Part of the thing that you do is you lift your shoulders in preparation so that you're already partially ready when you bring your gun up. Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and that's where your shoulder difficulties come from is, is standing there for however long in what is basically an unnatural position. Yes, sir. And then once the gun is actually shouldered, the your shoulder in this and are in turn pinches even more so the, the basically the worst part of it is going to be when the gun is fully fully mounted and your shoulders are raised the guns in your and you have your your left elbow up in front of you holding up a an eight pound shotgun okay so uh is there a potential for elbow problems as well as shoulder problems uh I'm sure there possibly could be. I've never heard of anybody that has okay. any elbow problems. Um, I've heard of some people that have some wrist problems every now and again, but it's not very prevalent. You don't see it very much. And to tell you the truth, you don't see as many, that many shoulder problems either. I mean, you, there's rarely an injury in shooting. It's only when you've done it for 20, 30-plus years. I'm, I'm on the shy side of that. I'm probably competing for my 13th year now but I've shot a lot more than the typical person that's been competing for those 20 or 30 years. And uh, I know of about six people that have been competing at the high level for over about my my time or above, and those are the ones that have some of the problems. But that's why we've been working a lot more with our sports therapist, our physical therapist, to get rid of those problems and make sure that those don't happen in our younger younger kids. And it's very simple exercises you can do. I mean, extremely simple. And it's just as far as raising your arms and working out your back a little bit. It will take take care of any of our problems that we can have in shooting. Thank you. Yes, sir. 
Okay, great. Uh, Sergeant Hancock, I have uh, another question for you. Um, if possible, can you tell us about any moments that have been really surreal for you, either before the Olympics, after the Olympics, um, as an example, you know, your hometown, that they're giving you a parade or anything like that. What has been uh, a couple of those things that um, you kind of couldn't really fathom or even imagine what ever happened to you? Uh, the first one for me happened in 2008. Uh and this one has stuck with me more more than anything else that I've ever experienced. When we were walking through the tunnel going into the stadium, and the American flag was at the front, I was about halfway down the line into, uh, actually, no, I was only 15, 15 rows back from the flag. And the the crowd that was, was getting pretty, the, the energy w was growing because they knew that we were coming out next. And as soon as, our flag broke into the light, and you could see the flag just burst into colors. The entire stadium went crazy, and you couldn't hear yourself think. There was people screaming, I mean, people stomping their feet. It was so loud. The energy was so great that it just gave you, it gave me chill bumps all, all over my body. And that's when I really realized that I am part of something so much greater than just myself. And I'm a soldier, but I'm also out there representing the entire United States on a stage that only just shy of 600 people get to compete on every four years. So knowing I, I couldn't stop the smile to come on my face when, whenever I saw that flag burst in the colors and, and hear that the crowd screaming. And you just, you're so excited because you know you're, you're there with the best athletes in the world and you get to go out and represent your country and show off your talents that otherwise may never be seen. And after that, coming coming back, and this time I knew more of what to expect. I didn't uh, I didn't get as uh, as amped up as I did in, in Beijing. But London was a great experience. And my wife and I were riding in the car the other day. And just to tell you how surreal it is, we're sitting there driving down the road with my two girls in the back sleeping, and I just start smiling. Because I, I thought about, I went to the Olympics and I did it again. I was able to overcome all of those people saying that I couldn't do it, that I was washed up at the grand age of 23. And it was it's just amazing to know that I've been able to do something that nobody else has ever done before and win two in a row. And when I first started out, at 11 years old, my dream was to go to Beijing and win a gold medal. Let alone did I know that I'd be able to win two. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, thanks for sharing both of those moments with us. So for those of you on the line, um, do you have any last question or questions for Sergeant Hancock before we wrap up? I'm good. Thanks. I just wanted to ask the sergeant how his hearing is. Uh, my hearing is excellent. I don't have any problems um, other than an occasional ringing in my ear, but I don't think that's it, – it's never it never lasts, and it, it could just be happening you know, when I'm at home with my screaming children, too. So uh, my hearing is very good. My vision is excellent as well. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We've had some great questions and comments uh, during today's roundtable. Thank you, Sergeant Hancock, for taking time of your busy schedule to chat with us. Um, we'd like to thank you for your service to our nation, uh, for representing the Army and, of course, the United States um, doing the Olympics. And on behalf of our social media team, we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. As a quick note, uh, audio and transcript of today's roundtable will be available for your use in a couple of days. Uh, once those products are available, I will send the links to you via email for your use. 
Again, thank you, Sergeant Hancock, and thank you to our roundtable participants for your time today. This concludes today's event. Feel free to disconnect at this time. Thanks.